I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. This week's episode of Andy's Girls is brought to you by... I know a tax guy delivering over 40 years of tax business and accounting expertise to you with available tax services, including personal income taxes, corporate and business taxes, IRS and state notices, shout out to certain housewives of Potomac who might need these services now and in the future, schedule C's, amended and delinquent returns, installment agreements, and accounting, bookkeeping, and so much more. Call or email info at Ianowataxguy.com. Call 833-4-TAX-GUY. Ask for Joey Gilbert for all of your tax needs and so much more. And fun fact about I Know a Tax Guy, this tax guy's cousins with, yes, that's right, a certain friend of the housewives based out of New York, Jennifer Gilbert. You guys, Joey Gilbert, tax professional, is also a relative of one of our favorite cameo slash friend of the housewives but really cameo appearance as women guys go to i know for more information two convenient locations in valley stream and hewlett which is a place in new york i have never heard of until just now when i said it out loud but i'm sure it's magical um go to i know for more information call 833-4-TAX-GUY for available tax services, maybe a key key with Jennifer Gilbert, and so much more. Go to I Know a Tax Guy today. I got a beta fish. Now all I need is a beta man. I may not be the life of the party, but I was definitely there, guys. <laughs> 
You guys, it's Andy's Girls episode 104. How the fuck is that possible? That is such a good tag. I think I need to use that tagline in everyday life. Um, I do use it in everyday <laughs> life because my friends are constantly talking about epic parties they went to as if I wasn't there with them. So your friends are all terrible people. Hello to Andy's Girls. <laughs> or I'm just unmemorable. No, well, I think this episode is going to be super memorable. You guys, I'm so excited to be joined by none other than Kevin Fallon, senior entertainment reporter for the Daily Beast and the creator of the recently launched newsletter, Daily Beast Obsessed. Yes. Kevin Fallon. Hi. I'm so excited to have you here on the People's People's Couch. It's your first time. We're popping it your is. cherry, your AG cherry. It's scary. It's thrilling. It hurts a little bit. <laughs> We're going to make it nice. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, so, Kevin, I have to tell you, I was so excited when you agreed to Kiki with me, yours truly, SG. We're going to do a little third person today. Um, because you're amazing and your Twitter is phenomenal, but also... You just recently interviewed Her Holiness of All Things Sexy J, mm-hmm. Sonia Tremont Morgan. Yes, we broke bread together. At Cipriani, her favorite restaurant. It was like watching like what I imagined like Jesus coming out of his tomb and seeing his people. <laughs> Happy like, Easter. Like Sonia walking <laughs> through the doors of Cipriani and just like greeting her masses. It was amazing. And it was the main Cipriani. Yeah. It was Harry Cipriani on fifth, mm-hmm. right? Like which is where the doyens of the Upper East Side, their oh, aging, yeah. decrepit bodies, go for lunch if, in order to not eat. I mean, I have never been there before. There had been no reason for me to ever been there before, but it was oh God, nothing like, like going time. to the zoo. It was insane <laughs> to see everyone there. So how did this come about? Tell us everything. Was it intent? You know, because Sonia has her army of um, interns slash now legally she has to refer to them as volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> amazing so was it easy to get her on board she seems like someone who you know you noted in your piece which guys you have to read it post haste I've read it three times I think it's really really good um but she's kind of all over the place and I mean that with love so what was that like like behind the scenes Mm -hmm. to kind of get her in her seat eating her ensalada Sonia Rita (laughs) um so so I have interviewed several housewives before. I try to do like... Who have you interviewed? Who have you interviewed? Um, I did, <laughs> let me just, let me I did just Bethany for her big comeback. That was really <gasps> exciting for me. Um, oh Dunk Carroll, um, LVP, Kyle <gasps> Richards. Um, yeah, so like a, several of them over the years. Yes. Uh, All the big ones, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I just choose like my favorites. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just like who I want to hang out with. And um, over the past season of New York Housewives... Um, Sonia, for some reason, started picking up tweets that I was sending when I was watching <gasps> episodes and responding back, and yes. she seemed to really enjoy. She wanted what I was an writing. afternoon with you, my friend. Like I put the Real Housewives of New York City on my list of the Daily Beast top twenty TV shows last year of all time of the year, like of twenty eighteen. But also, like of all but time, but pretty much obviously, like, ever, it's yeah. like that and The Sopranos. And she like, kept... I mean, Luann is an alto, but still. <laughs> <laughs> she's a tenor, oh, but God. we'll give it to her. But like, she kept reposting that oh, as she if it was in. as if it was brand new. Like, like she posted it again in like the middle of September oh, God, when I had posted it the December before. Did that. she pretend that it was a throwback, or was she just like, no, guys, read like, this? This is so thrilling to be named on the top list. Oh my God! I'm just I love like, it. this was nine months ago, oh, Sonia. God. 
She's but, such a human reach. I'm so into her. I'm but when the, so when New York was coming back, you were like, I was like, I clearly I have yeah, to do Sonia totally. But like, I was actually scared, like you were saying, to sort of wrangle the Sonia of it all. Yeah, she's a herd difficult. of cats. She's yeah. a lot of different personalities in one beautiful body. Mm-hmm. So you. So was your interview, did you have like a lunch with her and a follow-up or is the interview primarily the lunch? It was, it was like a 75-minute lunch and that oh, was shit. it. And you guys picked up the tab, right? Because it was for the Daily Beast? Yeah. Okay, that's great. Um, and she suggested the location. She suggested the location. She wants to have a $40 Bravo, salad. Bravo was there. Um, Bravo's publicist, publicist was, was there. there. So that was the publicist. So at a certain point in the profile, shout out to all the Andy's Girls listeners that hate when I talk about politics because I'm just about to do it just now. Oh, yeah. Um, but you mentioned something that a lot of people have discussed online, which is it's so interesting when politics becomes a part of the show because that's done so rarely. And you asked her pretty straightforward who she voted for. And right. at that point, the Bravo publicist was, was like, like, shut the fuck up. Did the like Nick the, sign like, on her neck yeah Yeah. um like we were talking about just that conversation like how does it feel for sonia when politics gets involved because it's sort of a new thing for the housewives franchises yeah as a viewer i love it so do i but we're in the minority well my thing is like the point of the show is to give people like us this like weird window into this obscene absurd society of people right and like to see how they think like the weird ways they behave so I'm fascinated to hear how they think about politics and engage in the real world. Yeah. Like, I, I, I find that to be extremely relevant to the show, and I don't understand why we do it more. And I find it even more fascinating when there are some people who are really into talking about it, and there are some people who are like, guys, we need to shut this down because they're so paranoid of, like, Losing the part of their fan base. Or sounding it's stupid. It's so alienating. Yeah, or sounding stupid. It's so interesting, though, like, New York specifically, because we both live in New York City, um... And so it's one of nine billion reasons why I love Real Housewives of New York. I can't say it's just because we live in this location. So we know, like, I haven't been to boutique, rest in peace. But, like, I know of, like, oh, my God. I know of those people. I've been to the Regency for a little kiki. Like, I don't live in that world. But it's interesting to me that it's, like, just a couple blocks away. I find that fascinating. But for New York specifically, especially because we have our first real celebrity president, someone that was elected because of, in many ways, he you know, became a part of so many Americans' interests and whatever because of a TV show, like a, you know, essentially heavily scripted reality TV show. It's so interesting to me that the people that don't want to discuss their political views, as in they all say they're LGBTQ friendly, they all say they're blah, 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 that they are progressive people, but they don't want to say who they voted for. Those are the same people who have no issue bringing up the celebrity president's name in order to give themselves stature. Mm-hmm. Like Ram- like Ramona is, will talk about Trump. Sonia is one of the first people to be like, I knew him, ba ba ba. We hung out. He says I was this. He says I was that. Same with Jill Zarin. Like mm-hmm. she was, she's very, very good friends with Eric Trump. Like it's just so interesting to me that the people that have or express that they have a personal relationship with this person won't actually publicly say whether or not they supported him right. as a voter. And the, on the one hand, I, I get that who you voted for is a private Yeah, it's thing. totally private. But first of all, Andy asked a question at the reunion, so I felt it was fair game to ask. Oh, totally. So and you were right in noting that all the progressives had no issue possibly alienating right. conservatives by so saying who my, they voted I mean, for. My, my, as a viewer, my read on it was that either the people who said who refused to say either did not vote or they voted for Trump and don't want to admit it. Yeah, like Tinsley was like, voting's not my thing and yeah. she's a Florida voter. So like, 
kudos to her. Cause that I was, like, did Ramona not vote? No, I think Ramona voted for Trump. Absolutely. hundred percent. She said, I'm a reader. Cause I read the New York post. <laughs> okay. So like kudos to her. I think Luann genuinely voted for Trump. I do not think, I know that there are people that think she voted for Hillary. I really genuinely think she voted for Trump and had no issue going to Mar-a-Lago after the election. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- and I could be wrong on that. That's the one that's like the most you, I would could, people could contest and I could be totally wrong. Jill Zarin, I believe, 100 percent voted for Trump. Who else? And Sonia, I think, did maybe vote or got maybe, a manicure or didn't vote. Yeah. Like maybe she like in her she's like one of those people who if like a scammer was like sending to people that they thought might vote Democrat, like you can text in your vote. Like Sonia's the person that's like, I filled out a like GoFundMe or something for our country. Like I didn't donate, but I like liked it. Like she Sonia liked a post that said to vote. So right. she felt like that was enough. That was her civic duty. And it sort of was. I mean, for Sonia, you know, just grant gracing us with our presence is really a gift to America. Yeah. I mean, make America Sonia Rita again. She is the sexy J. So was there anything that surprised you about your interview with her and your interaction with her? It's a long lunch. It didn't surprise me, but it she made more sense to me afterwards. But more than that, the way everyone else reacts to her made more sense to me after that lunch. How so? She is so hard to get focused. And yeah. it's it, it can be really, really frustrating, especially as you watch her put her foot in her mouth without even realizing that she's doing it. She just talks so stream of conscious and she covers 800 topics in the span of 30 seconds. Yeah. And will like casually throw someone under the bus in, in a really vicious way, but does it in a ho- offhand manner that I don't even think she realizes that she's doing it. She does that a lot with Tinsley. Right. And like that may like what I get annoyed when I see her do that on TV but then I watched her do it over and over and over again for 75 minutes over this lunch. And I just realized that's just how she genuinely just doesn't have a filter. Yeah, I don't think she comes about it. Tinsley's the only question mark to me where I'm like, that's the only area where I feel like Sonia's maybe thinking about it a little. But with everybody else, like saying that Lou's fucking everyone. I mean, we all kind of know that. And it's but she says it and she says it in a matter of fact way where it's not cutting. It's not cruel. It's just it's like, know your source. Yeah. Like she, it is Sonia. She said really cruel things about Dorinda during our lunch that oh, I yeah. didn't include in the piece because it was unfair. And I don't think she realized what she was about doing. Dorinda. Dorinda's life after um, her husband died. And like we were talking about that whole fight between uh, Dorinda and Sonia, I think was in the Hamptons, like where Dorinda said that Sonia should, doesn't, isn't, doesn't deserve the same amount right. of grief because right, right. Dorinda lost her husband and Sonia got divorced. Yeah. How am I doing that? Well, bitch. Right. Yeah. Um, and, Sonia like alluded to the fact that Dorinda's like jealous of the life that Sonia built for herself after. Oh no, Sonia. But it was so just like (laughs) offhand. She was like, the sky is blue. I'm drinking water. Dorinda's jealous of me. Like just like not. Dorinda's jealous. Wait, say this again. Dorinda's jealous of the life Sonia had while she was still a Morgan or the life she has. That she got to maintain a like. She didn't. That was the whole purpose of her until like this past season. It's the Sonia delusion. Oh my God. That is honestly killing me. But then like, then she shrugs her shoulders and moves on to the next thing. It was also interesting because I think Sonia's used to a very different kind of interview where she goes somewhere and they just ask her what's happening this season. What's the tea with the drama? And she yeah. just talks about plot points. Right. And I was trying to get her to tell me how she feels about things. Right. And to like get to know her. Feeling words. And like wrangling her to that point was extremely difficult. I have met her twice. 
once just last week or the week before at the Bravo influencer event at HQ and it was very brief and you know we had like a br- very brief one-on-one interaction but she was in a conversation with like 10 of us for however long for like 30 minutes or whatever and she was I mean Dorinda was more on it it was Giselle from Potomac Dorinda and Sonia Dorinda definitely was on it and was very human and relaxed in a way that I was completely disarmed by Sonia was like a little bit more fidgety where she would interject in things that didn't necessarily mean anything but I felt like she was trying to participate and the other time I met her was at the filming of last se- what became last season's finale for Lou's for cabaret. cabaret right And I talked to her for, I want to say, 15 minutes. And seven minutes in, I was tired. Right. It's tired. She's exhausting. Like, it's like you meet these people and you're like, oh, my God, it's happening. And then it's like, oh, my God, I can't participate. I have I also she literally brought up Stad, which I pronounced, I believe, Gustad. Like, I she really, like, did talk about stuff that is that people make fun of like it's it's that genuinely is who she is it's yeah. just she, she is that exactly is who what she you is. see on screen which was comforting but also like astounding to me that someone is like that in real life so did she have any reaction after the article went up after she the loved feature? it of loved it she did um she, like sent me million messages saying how <gasps> she loved it um she <laughs> Didn't read it, I think, until like three days after it published. And she I, loved the headline. What did she love? The photo? Was there a photo? I forget. Um, there. I mean, there was a photo of yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there wasn't like a photo from the. No. Yeah. So what did she, so she didn't read it until three days later? There's was like, she quoting it or something? Her well, intern slash volunteer? The, the funny thing was that I had like obviously promoted it several times over the well, three course, days. Of course, on social. And just like in the span of 15 minutes, she replied to each of those tweets over the course of three days. <sighs> So, like, if you looked at her Twitter feed in those 15 minutes, it was just, like, her reacting specifically to the one thing that I tweeted. It was, like, it was a bizarre way of promoting herself. Oh, my God. So, speaking of promoting yourself, so you talked about other OGs that you've interviewed. I'm just kind of curious what your experience was interviewing Bethany, because especially when it's right when she came back. I mean, I believe when the announcement was made that she was returning to the show at least her website crashed, if not Bravo's. I mean, there was huge traffic and interest and support and excitement. So what was she like when you're interviewing her for that run-up? It must have been intense. In the same way that it was difficult to get Sonia to talk about feelings and, like, reflect on her life. Yeah. That's all Bethany did. It was, like, a dream. Like, for an interviewer to, like, to talk to her and have her actually honestly answer questions about everything from the divorce to why she left housewives to the different failures in her career. Um, it was really nice that she had, like she had no filter, but in the emotional way, the way that like Sonia has no filter, but hers is in like the shady way. Was there anything that you learned that you were surprised by? Um, and this is when Dennis is, uh, she wasn't even dating Dennis. At no, this point. no, this she was single. Yeah. Right. Um, I was, I was surprised by how, much she actually thinks about things in her life that went wrong. Like when you see these people on TV, they seem to have such tunnel vision towards moving forward mm-hmm. and sort of just New pretending that all mistakes are right. like a thing in of the, the past. past. Yeah. And like we, should, we don't talk about them, but she so deeply and thoroughly talked about them, what she learned from each one of them and like how she changed her life because of them and like how they informed her decision to go back onto the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that all 
really interesting because it sort of went against how I assumed all reality stars are. Hmm. And was it in person or a phoner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was at, it was a lunch Somewhere. at some hotel. I can't remember. It was it was years ago. What did she seem welcoming? Did she seem because the thing with Bethany, the critique against her is that she's not exactly the warmest person in the room. She can be kind of standoffish and a little cold initially. Yeah, she was really welcoming. She like turned off her phone. Shut up. Yeah. Um, did she have a hanger on? Did she nope. have a press? She arrived no? alone and left alone. Shut up. Yeah. Holy shit. Go Bethany. And I think that that was the first one I did, and it went so well that I that I've then gotten done the rounds. To the, yeah. Oh, that Bravo is super responsive. Yeah, they were like so. Like every time I requested another housewife, they were like, "Sure, I'll make this happen for you." So, who is someone that you haven't interviewed yet that you're dying to, or someone that you have interviewed that you'd like to do a follow up with? Um, Dorinda is my number one, numero uno. Yeah. Um, and I think I might try to do it towards the end of this season. Yeah, I think we'll that's see. smart. Um, I used to when I. If you asked me last year, I would have loved to do LVP again, mm. but this year I just. I'm not a fan Maybe of... Maybe interview Lucy Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I like interviewing... Uh, I mean, I haven't done a lot of it, but the the newer housewives. Yeah. Like, I think it would be interesting to talk to Teddy Mellencamp. Totally. About, like, what it's been like to be thrown to the wolves and yeah. how she's, like, finding her footing in that. I feel like Gina might also be interesting on OC. Yeah. So which shows do you watch? Which shows do you die for? Which shows do you, like, eh? Um... Beverly Hills and New York, I watch religiously. Great. Um, I used to watch New Jersey every mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. About three years ago, I sort of gave up on it. And now I don't think I've even seen the new episode. Um, I dip in and out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, OC, I haven't watched since like the OGs. <gasps> really? Yeah. So you never met, you never had the pleasure of meeting Brooks Ayers? No. You don't know that he lied about cancer? Spoiler alert. Well, I know all of that. Like, I know that because I read the news. But you I didn't get to see news. him suffer through fake cancer. No. Oh my! And then now he's miraculously—he's cured of that cancer that he never had. Google Image told him he's—he's he's all in the clear. Yeah, it's a miracle. Um, I, the only—I totally hear you on the shows to watch or not. I would say Dallas, starting season two of Dallas to three and fours in production now. Magical Potomac is excellent. I've heard everyone—everyone everyone I know like is obsessed with Potomac, and that's an easy one to catch up on. I think because it—it's just it—it's. It digests well. Like, it's just a little bit of an aperitif, but with, like, fucking crazy drama. Like, they they know what they're doing. Like, they came out of the womb prepared to be on reality TV, and I appreciate it. And also specifically prepared to be on The Real Housewives, which is fascinating because Potomac wasn't initially supposed to be a Real Housewives franchise. It was Mm -hmm. supposed to be, like, a Jack and Jill reality whatever, and then they changed i guess the creative direction and i think they've it's really paid off jersey this past season and people starting like the first episode of this past season were like i'm all in i was not that person i was like it's fine i don't care about these people i feel like it's very much i've already like tread this territorium over it but then halfway through i was in and margaret josephs gives a commanding performance i am a fan of hers from the clips that i've seen on like watch what happens live yeah she's good she's one of those people that again similar to dorinda maybe not as impactful as dorinda because genuinely who could be um but similar to dorinda she came in 
hot, Mm -hmm. which I appreciate. So I actually have a Jersey-based satchel of gold from Dan in Brighton, United Kingdom. Oh, my gosh. Cheerio, Dan. Um, Cheerio, have you seen the petition Gia Giudice Giudice Giudice, as I say it, has created to keep Juicy Joe from being deported? Does he deserve to stay? Personal opinion, deport him, don't do the crime. Looking forward to hearing your expert opinion on the next pod. Well, your time is now, Dan, from Brighton, UK. That's so sad that she's doing that. Yeah, and I read it and was like, oh, this might... It had a lot of legalese, but then I was like, maybe this is like Ask Jeeb-style legalese. Like, maybe she genuinely did. And there were some spelling errors, which could genuinely be from (laughs) James Leonard, their publicist slash attorney. Like, I genuinely believe that either Gia wrote this or maybe a grown adult. (laughs) Like, it could go either way. It's tragic. It's tragic. And I also, listen, there are a lot of people that agree with Dan from Brighton United Kingdom. Or do you always say United Kingdom? Do you say UK? I should know. I'm I going say UK. In. Right, of course. Back. I'm going in a so, couple of weeks. Yeah, it was on like the, the abbreviated turn. <gasps> oh UK. my God. You're going to have to give me all of your um, tips. Um, And P.S. guys, for UK listeners, I'm doing a Andy's Girls meet and greet um, with yours truly May 12th at 7 o'clock location TBD. So if you're interested in attending and why wouldn't you cancel your plans, um, email andysgirlsshow at gmail.com. Andysgirlsshow at gmail.com. Bring all of your friends and we'll talk about um, Victoria Gumbelson. Um, So... Listen, a lot of people agree with Dan that he should be sent back to Italiano. This, to me, is maybe the craziest Real Housewives-related story to ever happen. Like, Him being deported? Yeah. Like, like, they go to jail, which was insane on its own. Couldn't believe she got... I genuinely was in shock that she got sentenced to prison time. And then I remember when I was sitting at my desk and I saw the news that Joe was going to be deported because yeah. it was happening in the middle of the actual immigration debate in yeah. the real world politics. Yeah. And then to see his name thrown in on top of, like, while we're talking about Syria and, like... <laughs> Yeah, like Juicy refugees Joe. and like Juicy Joe. The, the Muslim ban. And then right. all of a sudden, like Joe Judice is getting deported, too. I'm like, excuse me? I mean, it was shocking. It was definitely shocking. It's fascinating to me when we talk about ties that these housewives have to POTUS, because obviously Tree was on Celebrity Apprentice. I've been fascinated by the fact that until Gia essentially addressed this change.org petition to um, her mom's former employer president of the united states it was interesting to me that it didn't seem like their strategy has been to back channel to trump i found that interesting i'm not Mm -hmm. sure if that was a good strategy or a bad one i don't know if maybe they were holding out in the hopes that his appeal would go through so this week it uh, it came out that his appeal had been denied i think they have maybe one more that they can do i guess before i'm not sure I mean, do you have an opinion on this? Do you I think mean, he should be? Imagine if Donald Trump steps in to stop the deportation of a Real Housewives husband. Maybe Kim K needs to catch up on her BravoTV.com because it could <laughs> happen. It's happened before. If anyone could get this, I'm being dead serious. If anyone could get this, it could be Teresa Judice, Judice, Judice. Like she does have a reality TV relationship yeah. with him and with his team and does tweet I mean I think right I, I I I think it's possible I mean I might be in the minority on this and I'm surprised that I have this opinion but I don't think he should be deported I think that 
they have four children who did nothing wrong. And ultimately, you are fucking up these kids' souls and beings for the rest of their lives. It is bad. I mean, the, the judge that sentenced them to jail made a concession that they didn't have to serve their terms together so that those kids would each have a parent. And I think similarly along those lines... If he's had to pay, a.k.a. Teresa's salary, has had to pay all of these fines and they've paid all of that stuff back and he's been to prison, as has his wife, what is it going to do? And he's been in the United States since he was a bambino. Like, Mm -hmm. what is it going to do to send him back to Italy? And also, who are you ultimately punishing? Like, you're punishing Gia. You're punishing Melania, who has enough on her plate being a pop star. You're punishing Gabriella, who doesn't know what's going on. And you're punishing the younger one who thinks he's probably away on business. Like, it just doesn't. I feel like, sure, he should have whatever, whatever. That Honestly, I don't even want to get into it. I just feel like ultimately it's really fucking up those kids. It's really not fair to the kids. Maybe this is the, like, reality TV case study that's going to open the hearts of other Americans <laughs> to stop separating families. Yeah, it stops separating <laughs> like, if, if, if this is what it takes to get these guys, people's minds to change, Favellini God bless. for everyone. Make America learn how to spell again. I don't know. I just, it's sad to me. It feels like it's inevitable that it's going to happen to this point. The fact that tree has been like laying breadcrumbs to say that we're not going to stay together which they very well might not have stayed together regardless of whether or not he's going to call you know Italy home I mean it's it just it's it's a shitty situation it's like not actually super entertaining to me because it's it's real and I just honestly think of those kids and it's like you think of Melania who's like with her long acrylics and like really wanting to grow up but not and you know, watching what those kids have been through on TV, it just, I feel like they need their dad back. I don't like know. The whole how, story has just gotten so dark in so many it's ways. It's so dark. It feels so dark to me. And like, I don't even know logistically how that would work. I guess like when you're deported, like he can never, I think he can like never come back depending on the level of deportation also, like, that he has. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but the reason he's being deported is so wild. Like he just never got his papers or whatever but he's been here since he was he was a, a bambino yeah. right so it's genuinely a matter of like the story gets wilder and wilder like he's getting yeah, deported because he's an undocumented immigrant right despite having been here for 50 years which he would which wouldn't have been a problem except he like uh, you know like there were a couple felonies and then yeah, he like lied in like his bankruptcy whatever like he just he doubled and then he had like the dui and used his brother's license or whatever to drive again like pretend and they I do mean, he's both. not a good person he's not a good person he's a horrible person also teresa is not exactly he should be shipped off to you know across the atlantic i don't think so. right i i think it's sad and i don't think it's gonna end well but watch what happens i guess we'll see um so question for you you said that you interviewed LVP before. So watching Beverly Hills now, what are your thoughts on this whole Lucy, Lucy, apple juicy crisis, national crisis? Um, I, I can't, first of all, I like the housewives when they're all together and they're all getting along and everyone's friends. And I know that's not what Bravo wants to hear, or what like other fans like. Oh, you don't like the acrimony? I hate it hate it especially since most of it is rooted in such pettiness do you feel that way across the board or specific to beverly hills across the board i'm like i'm i'm the 
the, the worst Bravo Housewives fan because of that. Like, I, I just want them all to, like, to be getting along. So in the words of Brian Moylan, you enjoy when Beverly Hills is an episode of rich women doing things. Love it. But, like, even the, these recent episodes when pretty much everyone else is on good terms except LVP with all of them. Yeah. Like, I'm enjoying the scenes of everyone else hanging out together because they're all, you like, chummy. Are. Yeah. That's actually blowing my mind a little bit. I find that fascinating because I'm actually the reverse in the sense that I like when we get these moments of pure wealth, which is different from rich. Like some of these women have wealth, which I appreciate and, you know, (laughs) enjoy. But I, I do need some drama. The reason that I've started to really have a distaste for the drama is because it's being so interwoven with things that are happening off screen with like planting media stories and being annoyed over what everyone is saying in the press about each other and like that kind of scandal, Mm -hmm. which I find um, makes a mess when it's sort of interlocking with the Mm -hmm. actual show and what's Mm -hmm. going on in the show. Like the the fact that they're fighting on Beverly Hills about a, a radar online story. I don't like that breaking the fourth wall. I don't like when that's, Oh my god! Like brought into it, like this is blowing my mind. Because it's it's it, it it makes it all it reminds you that you're watching a TV show, which obviously we all know we're watching a TV show. But you want it to be purely escapist, right? It's interesting that you like the escapism when it comes to making sure that production isn't an additional character, but also like when politics is included. Right, it, Different I, I, levels of escapism. I like it when I, f- when I feel like I'm watching real people interact. Right. And these real people just happen to be incredibly privileged, like, petty women. Like, that's fine. But it's but I, I don't want to be reminded that they're actually, like, on a calculating TV show and, like, trying to, like, make things happen for their careers. So sidebar... As a reporter who's interviewed several of the housewives, several of the most famous housewives, do you feel like going in the questions that you ask, are they more related to things that have happened on the show and interest because you're also a fan? Or is it, do you like talking to them about production and it's just that you don't like seeing it on TV? What's the difference? Um, by nature of what the Daily Beast covers and like the kinds of features that I write, the, the questions are normally just about them and their lives. and like, Love it like who they are and yeah. less about like Plot. yeah res- like how, how do you feel about Kyle's fight like I it's 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 almost never about that kind of thing it's more human interest right like getting to know who they are and like their backstory and like how they're feeling about the world right now so noting that you don't love drama with a capital D whose side are you on LVP or everybody else oh, everybody else oh no oh I no mean, and, She's and, taken away her own diamond, which is something new. Right. And I just don't like the, the self-isolation. I, I don't like the the above-it-all-ness that she's exuding. Like, you're you're still on this show, LVP. Like, you're not above, you're not above this. Like, like you, can, you can isolate yourself all you want, but that doesn't change the fact that you're still a part of an ensemble show and you're... Contract, contract player. required to be a yeah. part of the ensemble. Do you watch Vanderpump Rules? I watched um, a season of it the year that I had to interview LVP. Oh, just okay, so got I it. Get a just sense to get what's a, going on. Yeah, but not it regularly. Was a, it was a season that the wedding happened. Um, oh, um, Tom Schwartz and, and Katie, Katie. Yeah. Tequila Katie. Yeah. Okay. Um, so 
I mean, it's interesting. I totally hear you and I'm, I'm with you entirely. I'm team everyone else. It's interesting. I was shocked to see the scenes for next week. The fact that she actually does sit down with um, PK and Dorit. It's going to be interesting because we all know she doesn't want to be there. And I wonder, I mean, Ken must have known he was being recorded for the show when he had that call with PK, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it would have happened otherwise. I wonder how much of this was like because her husband was nudging her versus production being like, you cannot do all of your scenes with your kitchen contractor and Denise Richards. Like, that's not enough for us. So here are my hopes and dreams for that scene. Tell me your hopes and dreams. Um, I want them to have like a real conversation about friends who got into a huge fight and were in a part of a misunderstanding and sort of hash it all out the way that people would in real life. What I don't want is what happens all the time now on that show is someone shows up with printouts of text messages, like showing the receipts for vindicating right. why they're right. And then talking about a TMZ story and a radar online story and all this other stuff that like skirts around the fact that they are people who should have a relationship and need to talk through that relationship. I totally hear you. Here's my one, not clapback, but response to that, which is, LVP doesn't appear to be a person in real life who is vulnerable and is interested in opening up and hearing others' opinions when it is in direct contrast to her own. I mean... Which is fine, because that's who she actually is. Yeah, that is who she actually is. I enjoyed when they went to the Bahamas, and she was in a foul-ass mood. Yeah. and But still, like, went to the dinner and... Sort of. Yeah, yeah. she left, but she she went. But she left, and that's fine that she left. That was the drama of the night, and that was in character with how she Right, and at least she was being filmed leaving. Right. And I believe that's how all these people would have interacted in that situation. Whereas, like, yeah. I don't like it. Like, again, like, the printing out of the text messages. is too much. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it feels, it's a difficult thing because her fan base is just so interested in supporting her. And I understand that she's going through a difficult time and she was still able to film Vanderpump Rules. But that's asking for a different part of her personality. She knows that she doesn't necessarily have to be vulnerable even though this season, there, Ariana's plot is sliding in a little of like, I don't like the way LVP is treating people, which I was surprised that she allowed. I don't know if she had a had a voice in that, but um, she's usually this pristine mama boss mm-hmm. to the her little um, crazy kittens. Um, but it's interesting to me watching her interact with the only cast member that she will allow herself to film with currently, Denise Richards. And Denise Richards, to me, when I heard that she signed on, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Because I felt like she was, like, maybe a movie star or whatever. But I felt like she would maybe be not a prima donna. And I'd watched her reality show a thousand years ago on E! But I didn't know what to expect. And then she has been such a breath of fresh air. She's so lovely on this show. I want to have sex with Aaron so badly. I am so attracted to him. It's like intense. I am obsessed with her. I mean, I also just appreciate the fact that Denise Richards is basically just describing minute by minute what sex like him, what sex with him would be like. Yeah, she's giving us her TikTok of his talk. I mean, like I, I here for it. Like, thank you, Denise Richards, for your service. Let's see some more. On top, like, just she's so open about everything. Like, I, I was thinking that she would go on the show and like talking about Charlie Sheen would be off limits because he's the father of the kids. Right. That's what you would expect. Right. But she's so open about it all and how 
and so self-deprecating about the situation that she's in with him. Yeah, and she's talking about, just for one more second, the sexuality between Denise and Aaron. I think about, like, Ramona and Mario's staged porno and about Tamara and Eddie's, like, pretending to fuck each other in a tub with, like, extra soap. And then I look at Denise and Aaron who are, like, hot and sweaty at the gym and are like, we just fucked and you could like you could see, smell it. Yeah, you could see like the sex sweat coming out of them. I can't believe that he was married to Nicolette Sheridan recently. I can't. Be- is that terrible of me to be like Nicolette got some of this? Like, is it possible for more people? Like, maybe I don't. Maybe it's like, I just think of Nicolette as like someone from yesteryear, aka she would be great for one of these franchises. But like, I don't know. I find that so interesting. But anyway, off on a sidebar because I get distracted when I think of Aaron. But the thing with Denise is it's great that at least there is a single person who's not designing her kitchen, which I could give less of a shit about, who's sitting down with her. But it's also interesting that you're complaining about tabloid interest or your Camille and saying you're a victim. You can't really say that in the same room as Denise Richards and feel like you're going to come out smelling like a rose because this is a woman who has been buried in the press, buried by, I would say, society. I feel like that's perhaps a little too grand, even though we are in Beverly Hills, so why not? Has been buried in the land of public opinion. I myself, like when you talk about the patriarchy of it all, I really did think she was like a stupid bitch. Mm -hmm. Like when they were going, I believe the tabloids because he had the best PR and the best people planting stories. Now, however many years later, turns out, She's probably as close to a patron saint as a person can get. She took in his newest ex-wife's kids when his ex-wife was dealing with drug issues, as with addiction issues, as was he. She has a daughter with special needs, and she is being the best mom she can. She's crying in the gym with Aaron, talking about, have I damaged my kids by oh protecting God. them? And it's like, if I was Lisa watching the show, and I do believe that she has seen every episode, I would wonder if I had the wrong strategy of trying to play victim to her because I would just think, are the viewers going to compare us to each other? I don't know if that this is a comparison that other people are making, to be honest. No, I think it is. And I think the reason that Denise is such a perfect addition this season, especially is because she brings perspective both to that conversation about who is it actually a victim um, at, you know, given everything that she's gone through, but also the amount of times that you can, that she like has like a very quick, very meaningful aside where she's like, you all understand this is bullshit that we're arguing about, right? Right. Like this doesn't matter. But she's not doing it in a way that like breaks down the plot. She's doing it in a way that's sort of similar, less edgy than the Greek chorus that Bethany used to have and less bubbly than what Porsche is doing on Atlanta. But she is playing to the audience and asking Wait, 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 wait. We're still talking about a dog? I don't understand. Right. Like, like that kind of thing I find really valuable. And then, like you were saying, there's the, the media aspect of it, which is she is a person who has, you know, gone through the extremes of all of these petty things that these other women are claim, laying claim to. And I also think, totally agree with you, agreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I also think that 
with Denise, you get a little bit of a window into the fact that like she can be a smart ass. She can be sassy. She can be a dick. Even in the response of what she was saying to Lisa when Lisa's like, I'm so sorry that you're in the position of defending me. And Denise is like, I'm not defending, I'm, you. I'm not defending you. And she said it in a way I, that I was. Gasped. It was I so gasped. it was such a good clap clapback because it wasn't a clapback for the pure sake of being a smart ass or whatever being quote unquote British, which we'll get to. It was Denise genuinely saying like, don't worry about it. Cause I am not going to be that person for you. I am not your Dorit. Like I'm not going to be the person that came on that is grateful to be in scenes with you. So I'm going to do whatever the fuck I can do to be on your side and be your ally and protector. I'm not going to do what Kyle has done for mm-hmm. several years. Like I'm just going to be here as a person and as myself, I'm not on anybody's team. And then Lisa responding back immediately and being like, why not? was a very good response. It was very funny. And it was also like Lisa being like, why aren't you defending me? I thought the purpose of our filming was because you were understanding of my side, if not communicative about it. And P.S. Please be communicative about it. But like going back to what I was saying before about the the parts of the show that I like, like Denise is acting like a real person. She's not allowing herself to be some sort of TV character pawn right. the way that LVP is so used to manipulating other people into being she's like no like if in a real life situation if I was being invited to this lunch with LVP I'd want to gather facts and like try to like relay the information yeah. like listen these bitches are talking about you behind your back like there's clearly some huge misunderstanding that's going on I would like to get to the bottom of it because I'm a genuinely curious person no I'm not defending you because I'm not like this like TV character pawn of yours I really have to say when it was announced that she was coming, you know, press leaked, I think, an idea of her salary. I don't remember offhand, but it must have been it must have been a lot. I think it was like record breaking in a sense. Hmm. And I think she's worth it for all the reasons that we said. But also she's like bringing out the best in Rinna. I am loving. Tell me everything. I mean, we don't need to talk about how Rinna was such a disappointment last season. Like, yeah, she, Rinna didn't want to fuck like, up her kids' modeling careers and wanted right. to give a time like, was out. She, was she even on the show? Like, I no, she wasn't. I just remember the hair and the big lips, as yeah. she said. That's her. Um, but she is funnier than ever when she's in her little scenes with Denise Richards, yeah. like gossiping about all the guys that they used to fuck. Like, yeah, more of that, please. Um, there and she's like again guys i just spilled tea all over my white shirt (laughs) i was agreeing so much but like (laughs) to go back to how like denise richards puts everything in in perspective like she is really i think emboldening rinna to like sort of embrace a little bit more of her like no bullshit side which Mm -hmm. is when i love rinna when she's like i don't like when she's like on the the caddy attack but i like her when she's like pointing out other people's um bullshit and I think she's definitely been doing that this season with LVP. She was doing it with Camille in the last episode. Camille did not respond to it well. I wonder if that's going to – I'm sure it's going to come up in the reunion, but Camille essentially was calling her a mean girl for voicing her opinion. And I'm sure Camille's going to have some words for Kyle too in that confessional where Kyle's like, yeah, Camille does step in shit because she wants to straddle both worlds. I think Camille is someone that does not handle criticism in any way well, which no. is of benefit for the viewers, but maybe not for her cast members when it comes to filming, you know, union confrontation i, how I that's think go down. the that brett kavanaugh scene was one of the most fascinating real housewife scenes i've ever seen i was talking to a friend colleague about this who has never seen an episode of real housewives before but knows about ag so she happened to watch just a portion of that episode in that scene and she was aghast which i was like into 
But she also felt like, oh, my God, can you believe how staged this is? And I said, listen, thanks so much for watching and supporting. (laughs) (laughs) The most important thing in my life. But also, that was like the least staged thing that you could watch. She thought that it was she I think she thought she was so shocked by by how Camille was backing up her opinion, like Camille's opinion that she felt it was staged. And it's like a Camille would never do anything that she felt was isolating um fans and viewers especially because she wants a full-time diamond again and be the way she was communicating it was so not I'm sure according to what Camille would have done had she plotted this that she literally burst into tears after because she was she realized how much she had fucked up yeah she realized how much she had fucked up and she's like they hurt my feelings or feelings are hurt or something blah 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 will you be my bridesmaid and it's like (laughs) what it's like this is because she's I think embarrassed not about her political opinion, but about knowing how this was going to play out. Right. Which is why I thought the most, actually the most interesting line that was spoken during the whole scene was Kyle Richards after all of it. Yeah. Interjecting like, guys, let's not talk about politics. Yeah. Because she, Big Kathy. She knows. Told her no. Yeah. She, like she, she, she knows that like the way that we now feel about Camille was going to happen to whoever voiced that opinion. And that like, it was going to be whoever, condemned Brett Kavanaugh was going to be the hero in this case Lisa Rinna and Telly Mellencamp and whoever spoke up with Camille's side of it was going to inevitably look like the villain and that's also a little bit of a view inside the mind of Kyle which is I don't ever want to be so strongly against someone unless they're genuinely coming for my family or for my business Otherwise, I want to be kind of in the middle. Like, I'll sacrifice myself for the friendship of LVP. But this season, she genuinely did see herself as a messenger, which made me so curious when we talk about is something staged or not. For that scene with PK, do you think that his quote-unquote British humor pun, essentially friend-shaming Kyle, do you think that was planned or do you think he was just being an off the cuff dick? I think he's being an off the cuff dick. And I think that once it happens, the sort of light bulb went off to everyone else involved that like I can use this for screen time. Use uh, what PK was saying. Yeah. That, like I can like I can blow up about this and like turn this into an interesting scene and more than just like everyone having fun at a uh, Boy George concert. What did you think of the aftermath of that with Dorit out, out, next to the bus with Dorit versus Teddy, I guess, or whatever, and Camille was present. I mean, this is when I'm loving Teddy, is when, like, Dorit is being a big old bitch to her, and Teddy, like, knows that if she, she, she A, she, she can speak up for herself, and B, give, like, some look to camera that, like, telegraphs to the viewers, like, I'm in the right here, and Dorit is being a bitch, and, like, it's a really clever way of handling that situation without turning it into like another screaming match where it's just five different people screaming at each other and you don't actually like understand what anyone is saying. What do Dorit and Camille, what happens to them that becomes such a blow up that they fight off camera at Andy's baby shower? Do we have any idea of what that is? Like what they're fighting about? Cause that's supposed to, there's supposed to be some other big battle allegedly between Dorit and Camille I I doubt it's about this do they ever fight about anything new I think it all still goes back to like all the comments that were made at that oh being calling her a con yeah like every argument the two of them have goes back to that 
Yeah, maybe there's just so much mistrust that someone missteps. I assume it's Dorit. And I assume it's Camille. Oh, really? I mean, I mean, not that she wouldn't, but I feel like in Camille's head, Dorit is going to do something dumb and Camille's going to come like all guns blazing. I don't think Dorit is dumb or or does dumb things on the show, at least. You don't? No, I think everything she does on the show, like she makes, she she causes drama but I don't think they are ignorant missteps. That's interesting. Whereas I think when Camille causes drama, it is always out of ignorance. Yeah, it's sort of inadvertent. Camille causes drama sometimes without realizing it. And the, the story, the narrative with Camille is so fascinating to me because she really does want to be back on and she's willing to sacrifice her sainthood in order to get back. And I don't know that she... I'm curious for how much she's willing to truly sacrifice if she was full-time because she's not going to be America's sweetheart when she's full-time again. She's too duplicitous. She's too she's too focused on strategy. She's too nervous about how she's going to be seen. And then she has these little like off-the-cuff moments like they had on the bus when she's like, oh, yeah, I guess I did play both sides with LVP. Sure, like use that shit against me. Like I felt like she was referencing like, yeah, bury me for that in the show. Like I'm fine with being buried for that specific thing because I probably did fuck up. It's interesting to me because she's been so careful with her cameos over the years since she left full time. And it feels like she's putting all of that aside now or maybe she thinks she invested all of it in a bank so like when she fucks up one little moment of of zen camille can you know come out you can like deposit it Mm -hmm. and take it out so that she doesn't feel like maybe popular opinion will turn on her as quickly as it did when the show began i don't know i she doesn't need the money it's it always goes goes back to fame it's so this is something i was actually very excited to talk to you about oh tell me everything a tale of two friends of housewives we have camille on beverly hills right now and we have barbara on new york yeah and i don't understand (laughs) what's going on with either of them like Barbara is filming so much that she is clearly was meant to be a new she housewife was. on the season. She was meant to be. Poor Barbara. And like we're now like, oh like that six, hammer got like a little rusty. Six episodes in, seven episodes yeah. in, and she's still filming every scene with them. She's a rusty nail in need of a wall. Yeah. yeah. So she's like made it this far. I know. As still the new housewife. I know. So I'm dying to find out why what happens that she clearly disappears and does not attain that status well i can't compare her to shamari this past season on atlantic she was a genuine housewife but i feel like she'll be a one season wonder and i'm sure there are some examples on oc over the years but with camille i feel like camille wasn't promised anything and was probably added into more production shoots maybe as lvp disappeared mm-hmm. or maybe it was planned that this would be like a slow journey yeah. back onto the show I, mean, I think that camille will, will probably definitely be added back into the cast yeah i i honestly think it's probably going to be up to camille i i really think that if lvp is gone which is where we seem to be going or maybe LV I don't think LVP would allow herself to be a friend of but I think that we're going in the direction where LVP may take a season off or be gone forever who knows I I could see her returning absolutely if that happens they need some genuine they need someone with a connection they need someone that carries weight and Camille does both and has a ton of money and now is newly married so I think that's something to see Barbara Kay, as Ramona herself said in the press run leading up to this premiere Barbara Kay does not have an apple which she said to ET and it was like genuine acute shade 
Barbara Kay, I think because she has her head so far up Luann's ass and wanted this so badly, was willing to be like Lou's accessory. Like Lou's, Lou is essentially like, it's like Lou not as one, but like 1.5 Lou's mm-hmm. with Barbara Kay. And I think the producers were probably thinking she'll come, we'll have her in some, we'll have her in a lot and see how she does. And maybe she just didn't pop enough. Well, my thing is, I don't particularly like her. Yeah, no, neither do I. But I think she is doing well on the show, at least as far as what we're seeing. Like the the drama that she's stirring, I think, and you know I don't like the drama, is at least interesting. Yeah, I feel like on New York, you know, it's my... Did you say New York was your favorite franchise yeah. or Beverly Hills? Oh, yeah, 100%. New York is my favorite franchise because I genuinely believe that these women do care and respect each other, which is why when they are messy, angry, hot, whatever, tempered people, it matters more because they know how to cut deep. It's like this thing that um, my psychiatrist told me the other day, like with mothers know what buttons to press because they made them. Like it's similar <laughs> to me... <laughs> Shout out Dr. K. It's almost reached my deductible. Holla. Um, it's similar to me with New York. These women know what buttons to press because they were friends or frenemies with each other for many, 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 many years. Like there is a case study that could be made of Ramona and Jill Zarin's friendship right. that goes back maybe at least 10 years before the show started. Um, and it's interesting to me when you add someone into New York, sometimes it works and sometimes they just go away. Like, Jen Gilbert was brought on to test the water and see, and she was barely a friend of, she was a, she was a reaction shot. She wasn't a personality. Barbara Kay is trying to insert herself, but I get like secondhand embarrassment when she like walks into a scene because I'm like, oh, sweetie, you want this so bad and everything you say has something to do with a tool or a thing. Like, you know Barbara Kay is, like, texting with Lou right before the scene. She's like, okay, like, if I bring up bulldozer, like, will that make sense? And then she was on Watch <laughs> What Happens last night with Andy and it was all like, I brought my bulldozer to the scene because I have one from my construction job. Like, we all know it. Like, we know so much. Like, Skinny Girl's Bethany's brand and Barbara Kay wants to make nails and hammers and screwdrivers hers and it's just, it's not, she's just not. But what I'm loving but is everyone good. making fun of her for yes. it. Like they're not having it and it's hilarious. Ramona aggressively saying, so you're wearing another wrap dress, huh? Like maybe have another. And Robert K responding in a very smart way and saying, you should take me shopping because by the way, that's another the scene, scene for Barbara K. Totally see the wheels turning. I saw- and I was like oh my god like I don't know who to compare this to it doesn't make sense to compare it to Cindy because Cindy just was in such conflict with Ramona and Sonia that it's not the same thing like Sonia's pretending to give a shit with Barbara Kay and it's like I'll teach her Mm -hmm. because Sonia knows that she can play at 10 levels above Barbara Kay from a society perspective from a star of the show perspective and Barbara Kay you know had this relationship with Dorinda which she's willing to totally sacrifice at the altar of Luann has found herself in areas of conflict with several of these housewives who are annoyed that they have to film with her because they don't think she rises to the level, maybe even physically, (laughs) which is horrible. But like, it's, it's just so interesting to me because initially I was like, I'm super not into this. Then I was like, am I into it? Then I was like, no, I'm not into it. 
And now I'm kind of into it as long as they never give her an apple. Like it's similar to like maybe the Kims on New Jersey. Mm. Like it's similar to like some. That's a good comparison. Right. Like it's similar to some people who are so it maybe Danielle Staub these days, like apologies to Barbara Kay for that comparison because Danielle Staub is a swamp monster. But the producers <laughs> are willing to use these women and these women are willing to be used to be on camera. And the hope is that they deliver enough to get in those credits. And for Danielle Staub, I think she's too much of a liability. And for Barbara Kay, she thinks she's providing enough of an opportunity and Lou is here for it. Cause she knows, you know, like they said on watch what happens last night, they didn't talk for 10 months after that scene with Carol where Barbara Kay's like, yeah, he's like fucking other women. This right. is not meant to be. And, and Lou probably knows and is just getting married because it's easier to get divorced and admit fault. Like, I don't think Barbara Kay is going to make that mistake in being that honest with Luann ever again. And Luann doesn't think that her friend's ever going to turn on her, even if it's inadvertent ever again. And it's interesting to me to watch this because it's like, I feel a little bit of like secondhand embarrassment for Barbara Kay because it's like, oh, and she really thinks that she's like, a co-star now on this ensemble show and it's like we all know what happens we all know what happens but also poor jill who would have murdered coco the dog to get enough screen kind that screen time that barbara k is getting and also was at the the angel ball ball and was filmed (laughs) she was filmed in that beautiful orange ball gown my heart breaks the angel ball the angel ball plot by the way I could have had, I hope that, I don't know that it'll continue. I can't believe that they're not using no, I footage. I so disagree. Because again, going back to like, I can't stand when the media comes into it. Like, oh God. Fighting oh about my the God, page it's so, six Oh my thing. God, page like, six to me, uh, when they drop that in, it's a wet dream for me. I because fucking love They it. think that people actually read these page six things. I've read page six every day since high school when I was in, since maybe before that, when I was in whatever, in Rhode Island, reading it every night. Well, I am a very special thing about I am you. Super specific. I would, and it used to be, it would go online like the next day, and then it started going online after midnight, after one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock, and I would wait until I'm an, I'm insane, but I'm insane. I'm insane. But I'm like, like one of those people. I love the, I love the intersection the of celebrity and tabloid. They think that you know every single human being who's watching the show has read these things in page six. Yes. Who cares to the point yes. that they're like planting these page six stories? But their friends do. But now they're arguing. I just I can't stand that aspect of the show these days. But if Dorinda admitted on camera that she lost her mind at the Angel Ball, and she's like, "Yeah, I did," and here's why. Why wouldn't they show that footage? Although it's good for us to see Ramona literally saying, "May my child die." <laughs> <laughs> was lying and like shout out to the housewives maybe don't ever use your kids like not on whatever lvp shouldn't because there's that chance that even if you're not lying we think you're lying and it doesn't look good for you just in any kind of way but i so appreciate that she did it because editing was like 62 62 she said she was at 61 and she absolutely was social climbing sonia's confessionals have been spot on like sonia's calling this stuff out similar to how Denise is doing it Mm -hmm. in a way that is very important for the thread of the narrative of both of these shows. Drawing a 
the comparison between Sonia and Denise is fascinating. And in a positive way. I know. Wow. Who knew that we were going to get to Good for you, Sonia. <laughs> Good for you, sexy Jay. Imaginary toaster ovens for everyone. I just was so sad for Jill. Because she felt like she filmed a couple times. She filmed at the tree, which we'll see a shot of. She filmed at some charity event that we'll see a shot of. She filmed at the angel ball. They used not a single second of it. She let Bravo's cameras into her husband's goddamn funeral under the assumption that that was going to get her back on the show. She had a real in real life moment with Bethany inside the temple that wasn't shot and then allowed herself to be filmed having probably the same conversation a second time mere moments after the finish of her husband's funeral to be shown to the viewers next season. The woman and her husband, by the way, would have been in full support. Bobby just right. wanted Jill to would be happy. It, yeah. Full support of cameras like, being at his that's funeral. That's a level. That's a new level sacrifice. of sacrifice. It's sacrifice it's, or it's, cravenness. Okay, maybe not sa- opportunity. Yeah, sacrifice because you know, she knows that maybe some people might think that's weird. Go or on. like every living human being with possible, like a moral compass. Possible. Going on tight, which we're not, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk. I just realized because Ryan Houlihan and I once made some comments about a certain celebrity psychic and literally the power went out in my apartment for an hour. It was (laughs) dark and I have a video of it and I put it on social and we're never going to do that ever again. And it turns out after recording, we found out it was the date of Bobby's passing the one year. So shout out to Bobby's Aaron. If you're listening, he's in the room right now. Ray Andy's girls, five stars on um, iTunes. Thank you so much. Um, It, it's just the, yeah, I, I feel like it's the sacrifice that she is making for the greater good of humanity, not to be too even-handed about it, but I appreciate how desperate Jill is to be back on the show, and I am still desperate for her to be back. And it doesn't mean I'm Jill's number one fan, but I am New York's number yeah. one fan. There's like a big debate now among like the Twitter gays about whether. Oh, I love um, gay Twitter. I try to I try to hop onto hag Twitter and and sometimes my admission. So is like declined. I'm sure you've seen how many people are debating whether or not like the OGs of all the franchises should if, be off. It's time to go because yeah. they're bringing down their franchises and the only exception to that rule is Jill is New York City. Oh yeah yeah because like, yeah. the, they're so important. Like, we would be fucked without and, Ramona and, and Lou. There's so many of them and they do have like deep relationships for yeah. better or for worse and I think bringing Jill back into that as much as like I agree that most of the OGs on Let us hate her again. Go, yeah. Bring Jill back into New York. The other shows are shows with cast members. New York is built around these women. The stories come from these women and their relationships. Do I think that Tinsley genuinely thinks that hosting a circus act is her her entry back to society life? No, I do not. But I do think that some of these women are showing us genuine glimpses into their psyche and are genuinely so insane that this is not made for TV. Exactly what you're saying about uh, th- uh, about Sonia. And I think this is why it's been so hard for Tinsley to sort of make her footing in New York City because she doesn't have that relationship with them. Right. Like she was just like a a stranger and she was like trying to manufacture too much too much 
Um, like I, I think there's maybe no more embarrassing scene in Housewives history than her and her mother crying the over babies. the photo over the eggs. The babies. Like that was so fake and so unnecessary. And didn't Do you think that was worse than the? I thought the wedding dress scene was like. No, because I found that a little bit amusing. Oh, interesting. But I the, found the egg stuff amusing. The babies. I mean, it was amusing, but it was sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she's now finally like finding her way. Like I think that scene with Lou talking about her father was really interesting. Mm-hmm. The stuff that's going on now with the breakup is really interesting mm-hmm. and how like it's directly related to the show Bethany calling her like oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like, well she's saying it is i don't know i still think maybe scott broke up with her i don't believe that she was like i am woman hear me roar mere hours after she was like i am woman hear me side with my boyfriend and be scared of him and right. other stuff because i don't want to lose him i i don't think she had a come to jesus moment in literally an hour after leaving that shoot i think maybe she called him because she was desperate for him to show his face so that they looked happy and he was like go fuck yourself yeah but either way it was triggered by these other women totally and And by the show yeah yeah. so like i'm finally like on board with her in contrast to like barbara who does already have this relationship these relationships and like can sort of bring some sort of history to her screen time no matter how cringeworthy her screen time is yeah, I hear you on that. I have a satchel of gold PS related to all things tins from Sarah in Chicago. Sarah, who spelled her name the correct way with an H. Shout out to you, Sarah from Chicago. Um, satchel of gold from Sarah. Interesting how it seems like Scott wants nothing to do with the show now versus how eager he was in the beginning to capitalize on it, a.k.a. having Carol and Tinsley star in all's coupon cabin commercials. Valid point, Sarah yeah. from Chicago. Valid He's point. a jackass. And I wonder how he feels about... How these women are talking about him being maybe emotionally abusive. Yeah, misogynistic and yeah. like toxic. Which, which remember seems like he is. Yeah, and remembering the first episode the first date they had, which by the way, he agreed to have filmed for the TV show he no longer wants his girlfriend to be on, or whatever. I mean he didn't I it's like can't judge a book book by its cover. He seemed like a goofy guy who I don't know, has coupon cabin dollars, whatever those are, and was happy to be there, kind of like a labradoodle. And now we see a totally other side of him, which Tinsley has been sort of dropping. And I don't think any of that is bullshit. I think that's really real. And she's in a position where someone that she's desperate to be with is saying, I don't like your passion in life and your career. Change it, please. And she's like, but I don't want to do that. I mean, it's interesting. I would compare it a little to what's going on Pump Rules this season where Kristen's in this terribly toxic relationship with Carter and she has quite literally said, this is a horrible relationship, but I need to be married and this might be my last shot. I think it's very similar to what Tinsley is thinking when she thinks of my babies and however she's like 41, I want to say like, um, P.S. I have no I have no knowledge or any information on fertility, whatever. But like pop those eggs in a surrogate. You have allegedly money for it. Like, I I don't know. Everybody's everybody's different. And like, I don't think that I don't think that her age has necessarily anything to do with becoming a mother. I know it's a very personal choice and a lot of women feel very strongly about caring about being pregnant. I totally hear it and I respect it. And, but I also think like there are other ways to be, to become a parent. You could foster a child, you could adopt, Mm -hmm. you could, 
um, explore surrogacy. Like there's a lot of avenues, but I understand that for her, the clock is ticking and she's thinking about it in terms of like having kids. And maybe she genuinely feels like I can for, she could have felt like I can force myself, force myself to try to make this work with Scott when, and this is why by all appearances, it was like no brain. But this is why I think that a show like Real Housewives is actually valuable television to a society because th- there is something to the fact that this is a woman talking about those issues amongst other women and they're having a debate about it. And it's like it's something that people, women of Tindley's age go through where they try to force relationships that aren't working because they feel like there's a, talk, a, a clock ticking and that they need to like – and make it happen and it's it's an interesting sort of filter into a conversation that happens at brunch tables across America and not to take it away from the Tinsley wanting to have kids but who in this world hasn't been in a relationship with someone who's shitty to them who's emotionally abusive or or gaslighting or whatever else and you and, find yourself making apologies for this right, all and your you friends. make apologies for all of your friends and to all of your friends and you say it's going to be okay and you say it's not that bad and you don't even understand that it is bad until you are way past the point or possibly never. I mean, that's why I thought it was so important that Bethany said what she did, Bethany in having a complete renaissance of a season. Yeah, my, loving her this season. My B is back. Everything she has said, I, I am, my heart is warm. It is tender. It is full of of skinny girl baby lotion and assorted jean wear I mean I just I am so appreciative that she's back but I also felt like it was so important that those women in that moment were like this is not okay because that's what a friendship is that's not they're not doing that for the show they're doing that because they hear a woman talking about a relationship that doesn't seem healthy or normal and they're calling it out and I think that was when that was the moment that Tinsley I think was brought into the fold like I'm excited to see where she played how yeah. she plays in the rest of the season because I think now she's like a part of the gang in a way. I think that was like an important moment for all of them as a cast. Yeah. Even if it had to come at the like expense, expense of, of Tinsley's happiness. It's fine. <laughs> so now like when she like saunters up to a scene, like to like yeah. two girls having a conversation instead of being completely ignored and sitting there silently in the background, they might actually engage with her. I, and yeah. So I, it's hard of seeing that. Like someone's at a bar having a fight and she like walks up like, cause the producer tells her to, and they just pretend she's not even there. I appreciated how non-staged it was, even if I don't entirely believe their breakup narrative, which is fine. I don't. I, that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. It's her choice. Whatever happened, happened. I do find it fascinating that conversely, so that seemed like a very unstaged narrative plot, right? Even if whatever about the breakup, putting that aside. Compare that to Ramona and Mario and the fact that at T-Bar, a bar I have never heard of in my entire life, and I've lived on the Upper East Side on and off for 15 years, um, they wander up to the T-Bar, whatever, the <laughs> T-Bar, whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. And John Travolta's there, and everybody's happy. Um, so they, <laughs> they saunter up to the T-Bar, and in walks Mario Singer, a quote-unquote, surprise and he just so happens to have, have a gifts? true faith <laughs> he just so happens to have turtle i've been walking around with these t-shirts he just, <laughs> just so happens he's i was cleaning my office which like sweetie do you still work is that something that's happening uh, you're not taking you're not nannying your girlfriend full-time um I mean, but the, the most important thing to point out is how fine mario looks i wanted to guys glimpse into who i would be swiping right for 
and I said to my roommate, I was like, I would do things to him right now. And then I, I tried to backtrack and I was like, maybe 10 years ago, but no, no, no literally right now. <laughs> like wearing the True Faith shirt. Oh like. my God. With the silk, he is, he has aged much like Re- Ramona would say, much like a fine wine. I've gotten better with time or something whatever yeah, her weird like, be- better up, with yeah. age whatever she was trying to say he much like a fine wine and he is a fabulous merlot mm-hmm. i that pinot noir full-bodied. would go full <laughs> notes full of, body notes of yes. something <laughs> <laughs> notes of more please don't stop keep going i am very attracted to new mario and, and, but Ramona apparently closed the legs. Close, she's closing legs to no longer married men. And I just want to say I would consider a seven-year contract with Mario. I don't think I need to go more. He's what, in his 60s? 65 maybe? But I love seven that. years, he'd be 72? Math True. is fun. I feel like that's a good time for us to part. But that conversation was really funny where like he was saying that and she took that as an opportunity to clearly call out what went wrong with their marriage. He's like, no, I think communication is important to Mario. Yeah. Like, like maybe. Like, remember when you fucked up our relationship, Mario? And I walked in on your mistress in our Hamptons house, the yeah. same woman that you are like, still maybe with. maybe talk to me before you have a midlife crisis. Honestly, I was into, I was, I was as into it as Luann was not, who was like, oh, this is fun. Gotta go. Bye. Oh my God, this is fun. But and Sonia was living for it. Sonia was living for it. Sonia apparently is their child in the family dynamic that she established with like a weird sexual thing where he's yeah, checking like out her boobs. Child or like, or like sister Third, wife. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, they do sleep in the same bed, so who knows what's going on when the when the lights go out. But, um, baby, when the lights go out. Um, thank you. Um, I just... It was a lot. New York had a slower start this season. I was very nervous. I was very annoyed that they didn't bring back Carol because I felt like it was right at peak war. But I feel like, honestly, this episode, oh, someone's buzzing. And I don't have a delivery. Um, Maybe it's Jill. She heard us talking. <laughs> she's already here. She took a flight on one of her PJs. Um, I feel like this episode is one where it wasn't actual again no delivery it wasn't actual conflict but i will watch that episode 12 to 15 more times yeah i mean the the spa scene was wild just like i i love those scenes when the camera pulls back and you see them like in their little groupings where clearly producers have placed them to like hash through some issues so you see like Dorinda and totally Barbara on the couch here and Tinsley and Sonia over in that corner and Lou just like wandering aimlessly through the room I loved all of it I loved how much money was involved I loved even if Dorinda didn't pay a single dollar and by the way was like the woman that was like helping with the spa or whatever was like we have Ramona's yada yada we have Ramona's food like Ramona is a nightmare person Mm -hmm. like Ramona absolutely sent a rider of what she was allowing other people to serve her. Like, you know, Ramona sent in her gel polish color mm. and her preferred temperature in the room because Ramona's Mariah Carey. A vodka and ice in a wine glass. I mean, with muddled mint, which is the absolute worst thing to ask a bartender. You ask any bartender what the drink is that they never want to make. And it's a mojito for exactly that mm-hmm. reason. Um, the mid-season trailer. Give me chills to the bone what happens between Luann and Bethany I think Luann is 
um, you know, as Mario would say, being a little bit of a, a countess without the O, like, I think that she is a cabaret star. She genuinely thinks she's Patti Lapone and she's going to talk about it forever. And at a certain point, Bethany's over it. And I also think Luann was horrible about the Bethany, like, organized an intervention for her and referred through her now deceased boyfriend lawyers to Luann and Luann went on watch what happens live live last night and still doesn't understand the connection of why that was inappropriate or rude or dismissive of her she she's like so focused on well the berserkshires happen so she owes me and it's like or a room doesn't matter but if a room doesn't matter then why do you care about this room it's because you want to show that you have more power than her and that people should bow down to you I found that fascinating and I also have to say that her coming up with a new pop song Based around Giovanni is going Here's to be endless. Here's my question amazing. with Luann. Yeah. When she watches the show mm-hmm. and she's recording these songs, can she hear herself? Like they played that clip in the trailer clearly for comedy of her like. You sing- mean because it's not auto-tuned? Like it's her actual voice or Maybe what like, do you mean? Can she hear how bad her singing is? I, I don't think anyone cares. And I'm, I like, went to sh- opening night of her like, show. Shouldn't she care? No. Why should she care? Because it's embarrassing? It's not, though. She's Like, we're all laughing at her singing voice. Mm, I think that people are excited to participate in the experience of a Real Housewife of New York's renaissance period. I mean, if Bethany is having one on camera, you could say that Luann might be having one off in the sense that she is quite genuinely selling out houses right. sh- across not, the country. Her show is entertaining, and those singles, like, when they're auto-tuned, are great. I don't... But, yeah. like... I'm talking about like when she's watching herself in the recording studio and hearing how bad the singing is, wouldn't that embarrass her? I think Luann could watch each episode on mute and tell you that, tell you honestly that she had the best scenes in the show. I think Luann is surrounded by sycophants who are people who tell her how she's amazing. She is. Everybody's making money, herself included. She feels like she's no longer branded as not an I don't think she I don't know how much she cared about being branded as like an addict or whatever but being branded as someone who got arrested or whatever I think that she is harnessing that power and that celebrity and fame and does she go overboard of course is her ego out of control I'm sure absolutely but I I don't think because at the end of the day they're paying for a ticket and I don't think people are genuinely coming to these shows to to laugh at her and and from a sense of like is she tone deaf I think doesn't matter. Like, I think she would say that she has a gravelly voice, that she speaks speaks her singing, and that she's an entertainer and not a singer. I think there's a difference. I'm drawing the distinction between her shows, which are very entertaining, and her music, which is auto-tuned to the gods. But, like, when she's filming these scenes, which she's done over the course of several seasons in a recording studio, like, warbling, and then it's edited by Bravo to make it, yeah. To make it into comedy. Yeah. I would find that embarrassing. Like, she should be selling out every cabaret show right, because right, right. there's so much But, fun. like, when it's, like, you know what? That makes me think a little bit about Kim Zolciak when she used to record yeah. and that famous voice teacher was, like, you kind of don't know what you're doing. And Kim played that off because her ego was so huge. I genuinely don't think that Luann right now, specific to this, has the capacity for embarrassment. I don't think that Luann has anybody in her corner – necessarily telling her you need to work on this or that her children sued her case has been dismissed whatever god bless barbara k is so far up her ass it's like 
that fucking caterpillar movie. What's that called? Where they like were sewn to each other's butts and mouths. Oh, the human centipede. Thank you. We're watching that Ooh. play out. It's a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> it's on New York this season. I think that, um, yeah, she just doesn't seem like a woman who for better or worse can look internally. Cause if she could, if she could embrace a little bit of like modesty or a little bit of like, humiliation in a good way you know like where you're like oh that wasn't a great moment then I don't think she would have said that stuff about Bethany in the room like I don't think that she I I don't think that Luann is a a woman who can humble herself for very long which there was a bit of that at the end of last season um which was great like I feel like that was like peak Luann where she was humble and like self-deprecating yeah and then the don't be cool be all I mean be cool don't be all uncool season two when she was a friend of right like that was great and now she's like turned the dial up too much and it's kind of off putting. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for turning the dial up too much. And then what's played out on Atlanta this season where Nini has taken one of Barbara Kay's sledgehammers and has destroyed the dial that is the recording <laughs> of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Maybe one of the worst reunions for Atlanta and again when it's like one of the worst of these franchises that's at the top of its game that's been so consistently good it's like the quote-unquote uh, quote-unquote bad season of Atlanta or bad reunion cycle of Atlanta is going to be better than at least six or seven reunions of OC and that's being right. generous to OC um Nini no longer wants to play this game and I think we should listen to her there were tabloids that were quote-unquote leaking articles that um, or stories that Nini was being given a raise for this season, whatever. It's all her team leaking that Nini doesn't want to be on the show. Nini doesn't want her cast members to be on the show. Nini wants to friend shame people because she, to a more heightened extent than what LVP experiences, feels like friends should just be silent and supportive. She does not understand when someone else has an opinion that's con- converse to hers in contrast mm-hmm. to hers in conflict to hers let's use words that begin with C and um, she also feels like a friend isn't a friend unless they are silent by her side because her opinion matters most and that says something about their moral character if they don't agree and she has nothing to learn she genuinely refused to apologize for assaulting not only a cameraman but a producer during the recording of a tape, she refused to apologize in a way that Andy looked more frustrated as the episode part three, part two, whatever went on because she was so shut off and shut down because she doesn't like these people. She doesn't want them to be rewarded with a job. She feels like she is the show. And in fact, she is destroying that right. show. She, if she doesn't, it's different from when she left because she was a on the new normal and on Glee right. and she was like a star or whatever. This is not that. But she should have never come back, in my opinion. Like, because she came back with... Like, Elitist? Right. Like, like egos are like a part and parcel of Housewives. But there does come a point where it's too big to fit through the door. And that's what happened when she came back to Atlanta. Like, there were some good moments. Yeah. And like, it sort of jazzed up this franchise a little bit but in the end I think it's been a some loss for the franchise yeah I I mean I'm glad she came back because I do like when they have too much of an ego I like watching that completely make no sense and the other one being like go fuck yourself but I think that refusing to participate and dragging everybody else down whether or not it's like 
trying to remove the oxygen so that the fire goes down so that like Cynthia's viewed differently maybe Cynthia won't have a job like Nini's saying essentially you do not exist to me this event does not exist to me I am totally disconnected because she thinks that will shut down maybe critique of her but in fact what it's doing is raising the critique and saying if you are if you don't want to do this anymore don't do it, but don't ruin it for everybody else. And by everybody else, I don't necessarily mean your cast members. I mean the viewers, fucking viewers yeah. at home. It was very unpleasant to watch her refuse to have a conversation, to watch her on Atlanta where Portia and Kenya got into a physical altercation that was very, very genuinely upsetting to watch. I hated every moment of it. I thought it was a low bar and I never wanted it to happen again. I do not want any of these people to ever get physical ever, but to watch her say like, it's essentially okay that I did that because it was deserved because a camera guy went into her closet. She made a joke about people going into her closet. And by the way, when you film at your house, I don't know. I understand you can say things are off limits and you have a lot of power, but Things happen. It's a reality show. If if someone's having a, not that this this didn't happen, but if someone's having a breakdown in a bathroom that she said nobody was allowed to go into, the cameramen are going to follow the breakdown because they have a job to do. Like they have to ultimately report to production and production is going to ask, why didn't you follow that moment? Like you can get angry after and tell them to refute, to edit out a scene, but you can't physically assault someone in order to prevent them and fuck up a tooth in order to prevent them from getting stuff on camera. I just am so overwhelmingly angry at her behavior and what was a genuine choice. I don't know if she's going through a mental health thing. I can't talk about that. I have inappropriate for me. Hashtag free Britney. It's like none of my business. I can't talk about what's going on with the Greg stuff so much aside from the fact that I'm appreciative that they allowed that on camera and it's very sad to see. But I can say that if you are refusing to participate in this, it's one thing for LVP to allegedly refuse to be at the reunion, which I think is what's going to happen for you to appear at the reunion physically. And I'm using that in quotes and then refuse to participate is unacceptable. And I think, cause for some kind of something whether it's um a demotion to a friend of which she's been in the past or maybe give her a season off i mean give her a season don't bring her back don't bring her back she's not good for the show and if you bring her back kenya must be back does any does anyone actually want her back in terms of like viewers and fans mm, uh, i'm sure that mo- like many of these ogs they have their fan base bases who are just like we love you and we love you regardless marlo definitely needs her back in order for Mar- marlo to be brought on full-time and she's another example yeah. similar to barbara k of someone who really really wants this and i don't know if it's going to work out for her she's sort of a combination of she actually really is a combination of barbara k and danielle Staub in the sense that there is a darkness there and i don't know if they want to invest in that full-time and also she is willing to be a part of the plot and, and and wants it very much and is willing to stick her head up, you know, human centipede Atlanta style. Uh-huh. Um, a show, a movie Let's I will never watch. We're just, just going to keep using that guys. I hope you're all eating lunch um, at work while you're listening to this. Um, I just think it's unfair to the other women and most importantly myself as a viewer to put us through that. And I also think on a separate note, I have not seen every spinoff. I've seen everything that Bethany has ever done aside from Bethany and Frederick because it was like real bad. But um, (laughs) I haven't seen like Candy spinoffs, but I am so excited for Porsche's Mm -hmm. and 
I say that because if anyone deserves to be a center peach next season, it is Portia Stewart Williams new married last name having to do with hot dogs like McKinley or whatever. Like (laughs) she, you have to watch the last two minutes of part three and you have to watch it over and over and over again. When Andy says, let's end on a prayer and Portia gives a prayer to PJ that she learns from these women's experiences and blah, blah, blah. And I was verklempt every single time I watched it because it was so well delivered. She, she was so rational. I don't know if it's because she's sober Sally while she's pregnant or whatever. I don't, I think that might be a part of it, but I think also Portia has undergone such enormous personal growth, maybe more so than any other housewife on any franchise. I mean, it's rare for there to be growth. Positive growth. Yeah. Yeah. Legit. And I think watching Portia and Candy talk about the fact that there is genuine potential for their friendship, watching them both be accountable, watching them both be honest and being like, this is what I need in order for us to be friends. And Candy saying like, I need you to not be a dick to my team because they are an important part of my life and I'm never going to choose you over them and Portia saying I get that I hear you I'm not in that place now while I'm pregnant I need to protect myself emotionally but as soon as I push this baby she literally said as soon as I drop this baby like she's dropping an album which by the way is probably going to be lemonade because it's going to change everybody's (laughs) lives as soon as she drops PJ she's like I can I can let things go and we're women from Atlanta we know that we're not going to hold on and I believed every second of it like I want to watch Portia and Candy get if we're going to talk about not wanting to have conflict which is what you're talking about with Beverly Hills I want to watch Portia and Candy not have conflict and just be sisters in arms next season I am here for it I think conflict can come from other places maybe Marlo will be full time maybe not send Shamari along send Tanya along like away by like along down the road we're done with them here find other places for shit I'm sure Eva will come up with something but watching these women who have had a fraught relationship a toxic relationship a dark relationship very dark plot with phony Feifei watching them come together even with the the bombs of trying to fuck up this filming that Nini was dropping inadvertently or by choice was so impactful to me. It Mm -hmm. was real good. So I would say if you were looking to dip back into the city of peaches, do so with maybe, maybe just part three of the reunion. I mean, Cynthia is going on a little bit of a media blitz right now, which a lot of the housewives has done after reunions where you're just trying to get the attention of the media. And I thought Cynthia did a pretty good job on the reunion. I believed her reasoning mostly. I think she fucked up by not telling Nene about Kenya attending a, um, a party that Cynthia was having. I think there was some accountability that maybe she vocalized and maybe she's getting off camera, but Overall, I thought she had a a pretty strong reunion cycle. And a lot of that is because she was willing to be vulnerable and honest. And Nini had the lights shut off in her head. I mean, my experience with the Housewives reunions is that the the best people are the ones who own up to their shit. And the ones who come off the worst are the ones who go on the attack. And so, like, Hmm. like for the New York City Housewives last last reunion. Oh, yeah. Like, Ramona actually admitting that she, like like owning up to like all of her like uh bethany nonsense and like that she was mistaken that she shouldn't have done that and that like she's learned and she's grown from the process i thought she came off really well and i thought bethany attacking carol came off really poorly 
So happy you said that. So whose side are you on? But were you team Bethany or team Carol? Noting that Bethany is like the B is back now. We're talking last no, season. I started as team Carol. And then in the end, I, I was full team Bethany because I think Carol was the one who put up the wall and was unwilling to like find some sort of reconciliation. I thought that like Bethany was trying really hard and I thought Bethany was actually being kind of candid about it. And Carol was just too annoyed by, um, you know, Bethany's like disappearance, whatever, over that summer and just refused to grow from it. You don't think that Carol had cause at that point to be shut down? She had tried. She'd extended the olive branch so many times and had been shut down that at a certain point she just was like, fuck you. I mean, yeah, but then if you're going to film all these scenes, you know, over the course of the season, you know, trying to reconcile, then you should be open to it. Like, I understand why she was frustrated when at that point because she's yeah. been trying for that entire summer but they were filming now and they were having these scenes and Bethany I thought was being open and vulnerable and I thought that Carol's sort of wall that she built was getting ex- exhausting like it was the same scene that was happening over and over and over again and I just got like tired of it I totally hear you that's interesting I totally do agree but I hear you yeah. <laughs> I'm into it like I mean it surprises me because I, I mean Carol was my favorite for so long on that yeah, show just she because a little bit. she, she was like the cerebral intelligence yeah. sort of like we were talking about with, yeah, yeah, with Denise. Great course. yeah she had like perspective yeah um but then like she just went so far off the, off the rails on her way out yeah it wasn't a good it wasn't a good look and her media campaign of like I wasn't fired I quit and here's why it's why the show is toxic oh, whatever I loved was. those blogs that she wrote the blogs were good. The blogs were, good. The were, blogs so were heavily edited too. She said online that like that wasn't all. She, that was not all she wrote or whomever Aviva's ghostwriter wrote. Who knows? <laughs> Throw a leg into the air and call it a day. Um, listeners, friends, ags, sassies, listen. I'm working on the certified Bravo Holic special, which is going to be exclusive crazy content with myself, Dorinda, Sonia, Giselle, Captain Lee, Steve Gold. Cameron, Austin, executive producers, other people. Um, I'm working on the special. So here's what I want from you. Send me in your questions. I'll do um, some satchels of gold Insta stories uh, for the next week. But I want to hear from you. Do you have any questions about the day, about my experiences? If you go to my Instagram right now at Dame Galley, you can see me Kiki with Andy. He gives Andy's girls a shout out and it's so crazy. And I was obsessed with that and I died. And um, oh my God, I'm an angel talking now. Oh, I'm here with Ginger. Um, so um, <laughs> Uh, guys, I want to hear from you and your questions because I want to include them as extra special certified Bravoholic satchels of gold in the upcoming certified Bravoholics um, special. And I think that's going to be magical. If you live in London town or Dubai or Atlanta and want to come and fly to London for an hour of drinks that you will um, pay for to drink yourself. It is BYO, cash money, euro, dollar, whatever the fuck they have for currency in London. Do that. It's totally free because, again, it's just a meet and greet. It's not a live show um, until another time when I fly back to London <laughs> to <record laughs> with you guys. So long-winded way of saying having a London Kiki with yours truly, SG, May 12th at 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. Um, London time, obviously, because we'll all be in London at that point. So um, to RSVP, invite whomever you want everybody's welcome andy's girls show at gmail.com that is andy's girls show at gmail.com location will be sent to those whom rsvp not just because i'm still googling (laughs) where to go i can't (laughs) make up my fucking mind so if you have any suggestions the bougie or the better um 
uh, that would be amazing. Kevin Fallon, this was so magical. Everybody follow you, especially because Sonia is your number one <laughs> Twitter fan. No. Also, let me just be clear that Sonia, for all that I said about how that interview went, was, was so much fun and funny and warm oh, and no, lovely. You, no, like, no, you gave her a rave. so nice. No, you gave her a total rave. And, um, and Dorinda needs to both be interviewed by you and myself, yeah, um, I, maybe at the same time. Yeah. Um, let's go to the Berkshires. Aim, let's go to the Berkshires in a second. I will choose to sleep in the fish room. She yeah. says, have your choice. I'll be I like, I want to be with that shark. Sleep in the fish room. I want to be with that shark. It's probably like Ramona's second cousin. I'm sure they have a lot in common. Okay. Follow Kevin Fallon at KP Fallon on Twitter. A lot of um, sassy tweets in store. Follow me on Twitter at Sarah Galley and more importantly on instagram at dame galley and guys this was such a fun episode kevin you are like a total delight i had a lot of fun thank you i had so much fun with you we're um, best friends now oh my god we are total bff so i can't wait for you to come back and also um i could make a joke there about aaron but i'm not gonna do it am i gonna make a coming joke maybe maybe not okay um <laughs> come and see us sometime i don't know guys such a pleasure to kiki with you and we will sass you again soon bye